you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Also, want to shout out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Football season's right around the corner. You want to keep up on everything going on in the NFL. Follow Peacock and Williamson, uh, Brian Peacock, NFL analyst and former NFL scout Matt Williamson keeping you up to date on everything you need to know from the national angle. As for me today, so yesterday was just a walkthrough, so there's not a lot to glean from that. So I'm not going to talk about like the day of camp uh, like I I usually would, but the Vikings released a depth chart, which gives us uh, a window into where people kind of stand as we head into joint practices, which start today with the Broncos. Broncos are coming to town. As I record this, I believe they are in the air so they are coming in to, uh, to to practice a couple practices with the Vikings. We get to see Teddy Bridgewater again. We get to see you know guys like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton against our corners. And honestly, the other side of that matchup is really interesting. Let's let's see you know uh, Kyle Fuller against Justin Jefferson again. Let's see what you know the rookie Patrick Sertain has against you know, KJ Osborne or you know whoever goes up against him. I'm I'm kind of excited about that. Um, but it, it also gives us a, a kind of window into where people stand right now, which usually we can only really glean by kind of figuring out who's taking first team reps and who I think looks best and stuff like that. Now we have, it, it's, you know, it's an unofficial word, but it's still word from the team. So I, I figure we can talk about that today. And then for the next couple of days, we'll talk about what's going on with the Broncos and, and in those joint practices. And then we'll have a preseason game over the weekend that we'll be able to recap next week. So let's dive right into it because we are already starting out with something really interesting from the quarterback room. Um, of course, you know, they go starter and backups and of course, uh, starter Kirk Cousins with the backups and the order they're listed is important is are Jake Browning, QB2. We've kind of known that. Then Nate Stanley, then Kellen Mond, and then uh, Danny Etling at the end. By the way, um, on Wednesday or on Tuesday, uh, the Vikings brought Kellen Mond off of COVID-19 IR, so he is now cleared to practice. He he did the walkthrough with the Vikings, so he should be good to go. Um, that puts the Vikings at 90 with Myron Mitchell still coming off of COVID-19 IR, so we'll see if he makes it back to the, to the roster or if they just cut Warren Jackson, who they also signed, uh, wa- claimed off of waivers from the Broncos themselves, so he gets to reunite with the corners that got him cut in the first place. Uh, and we'll see if anything happens there or if they decide they're not going to keep five quarterbacks uh, and cut Danny Etling, who's at the bottom of this list. Um, so that's interesting with the quarterbacks where Kellen Mond slots, and he is behind Nate Stanley right now. And from what I have seen from Nate Stanley, that is not very good. We didn't expect Kellen Mond to be very good. There are no expectations for Kellen Mond in 2021, so you can't say that he's like not meeting any expectations. You shouldn't have had any in the first place. He's a developmental project quarterback. Let him incubate, right? Um, but I, I have not seen Kellen Mond play yet. He only did a couple of practices, and they were before I got into town, um, and I didn't see the walkthrough because uh, it's just a walkthrough. So I don't know. It sounds like he wasn't very good. So it sounds like this kind of tracks. But honestly, I thought Danny Etling had outplayed Nate Stanley anyways. 
Um, and so I, I'm a little surprised to see that. Well, I'm not surprised to see that. It just is maybe more disappointed because it he, Etling maybe doesn't have the legit chance to make the roster that I thought he had if he's still at the bottom of the roster, despite outplaying Nate Stanley for a few days here. Um, but you know, either way, I mean, neither of those guys are, I don't think are really going to make the roster. Uh, at running back, you still have Dalvin Cook up top, Alexander Madison in the second spot, Amir Abdullah, Kane Wangwu, and then AJ Rose at the, at the end. Um, I think Wangwu should be above Amir Abdullah. Um, I, I just guess uh, that, I mean, Abdullah is still kind of doing things right. Wangwu is getting a lot more run. Um, he's the younger guy. You know, keep Dalvin Cook, keep Amir Abdullah fresh. You know, give the young guys, give Madison and Wangwu a little bit more run, I guess. Uh, so I, I suppose that's fine, but I would put Wangwu above Abdullah, and I still think that might happen once uh, we actually tally up the snap counts at the end of the 2021 season. Um, so functionally, I, I don't know if this is how things are going to play out, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just coping. <laughs> Fullback, of course, CJ Ham is up. CJ Ham has had a nice camp. Um, he has, I, I don't know if I said this, but he had especially a very, very nice practice um, at U.S. Bank Stadium on Monday. He, uh, I, I thought he made a lot of really good lead blocks. Um, really springing runs free. And then, of course, Jake Vargas behind him. Uh, wide receiver, of course, we know where this is, right? Of course, you got Adam Thielen and Jefferson at the start. Um, and then you have K.J. Osborne and Chad Beebe. And they actually, like, named those two as a pair, K.J. Osborne and Chad Beebe. And everybody else is named individually, which I think is interesting. Uh, so then you have D.D. Westbrook after that. Um, Amir Smith-Marset and Blake Prohl, again, named as a pair. Uh, then Dan Chisena, Wapfiler, Myron Mitchell, Warren Jackson. So that doesn't surprise me a ton. There's a couple of things in there that are a little weird to me. I don't love what I've seen from Chad Beebe so far. Um, maybe the Vikings do. Maybe they disagree with me. That's fine. But I, I, to, to me, Chad Beebe is the one person that like Ty Smith hasn't had any trouble covering or like Perry Nickerson, you know, Amari Henderson, guys at the bottom of this corner roster um, have kind of had their best reps and their best reps kind of always come against Chad Beebe. But Beebe has made some plays. He's done well on special teams. So I... I don't know. I, I think I'm a little bit less against the idea of like him making the roster in general. Um, but seeing him listed kind of fourth and listed alongside KJ Osborne, who's obviously exploded, um, is interesting. And then you have D.D. Westbrook. I suppose he just kind of slots in somewhere by default. And then you have Smith Marset and Blake Prohl. So if you only kept five wide receivers and D.D. Westbrook was one of them, he's not on the pup or anything, you would cut Amir Smith Marset and Blake Prohl. Um, and if you keep six wide receivers, you got to pick between those two. That is pretty interesting. I pair it with the, the comments Mike Zimmer had the other day about how Amir Smith-Marset needs to get better at special teams if he wants to make the team, you know, that kind of thing. And look, Smith-Marset's a fifth-round pick. Fifth-round picks don't get to make the team all the time. It's really disappointing when they don't make the team. And I think uh, Smith-Marset has played well enough to make the team. Um, but it, it, maybe he hasn't. And it, Blake Prohl has also kind of, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a Viking if he wants to be a Viking um, if nobody else rosters him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, the preseason games are going to shuffle all this stuff way, way, way up. Um, and then, of course, you know, behind him, you have Jacena, Filer, Myron Mitchell, Warren Jackson. I think I agree with that kind of in that order. We got tight ends. We have the weird O-line situation and the whole defense still coming up. I want to go over this depth chart in excruciating detail. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about Grambling. If you still have all kinds of time to get your Grambles and you can bet on the Vikings-Broncos preseason game. Vikings are point and a half underdogs in that game if you are truly diseased. <laughs> but if you'd rather make some bets for normal people, you can bet 
you know, week one, Vikings three-point favorites against the Bengals. You can bet futures, uh, win totals, over-unders, all that stuff. And you can bet on other sports. You can bet on award shows, reality TV, whatever you want. Just go to betonline.ag, set up a free account if you haven't already. And if you haven't made a deposit yet, make your first deposit. You can enter promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You get a 50% match. That means that uh, if you put in, say, 500 bucks as part of your first deposit, you can get 750 bucks total to gramble with. Bet online will slap on 250 on top of that in free play money. Just special, just for you, you snowflake, you special little unique, beautiful baby. <laughs> Thanks to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Keeping it rolling here, looking at the first unofficial depth chart of the Vikings here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Tight end, easy, right? Starter Herb Smith, uh, backups, Tyler Conklin, Brandon Dillon, Zach Davidson, Shane Zilstra, in that order. I think I agree with that. I think, um, you know, I, I was pretty harsh on Zach Davidson, and I've noticed Zach Davidson make a lot of really, really poor plays. A lot of the good linebacker plays have come against Zach Davidson. Um, but Shane Zilstra has been far less productive in camp. He has been targeted a lot less in camp, and I have to kind of assume that's because he's not earning them. Um, and, you know, Zach Davidson has gotten a lot of run. He's earned a lot of targets. He's gotten, uh, you know, made plays after the catch and stuff. So he, he has definitely done some stuff. I still don't think he's, like, ready for the NFL, and I don't think either Davidson or Zilstra makes the team. I think it's going to be Brandon Dillon as the third guy. Um, but I, I think, I don't know, this tracks to me. Uh, at offensive line, we'll start with the tackles. Rashad Hill is the starter. Brian O'Neill is the starter. That shouldn't surprise you. Obviously, Christian Derrissaw uh, hasn't even like played any team stuff, so of course he's not going to get that job or anything like that. You have Blake Brandle as the primary backup right tackle. Of course, we've taken Ole Udo out of that equation. He's on the interior. We'll talk about him in a second. Then you have Evan Kazarzik as the third team left tackle. Zach Bailey is the third team right tackle, which, again, all of that totally tracks. Uh, on the interior... Um, Ezra Cleveland, starting left guard, Garrett Bradbury, starting center. Of course, that's easy. And the thing you've been waiting for probably is who gets named the starting right guard in this first unofficial thing. And again, this is just kind of pole position at this moment. All this stuff can still change, but right now they're naming Ole Udo as the starting right guard. And that's really encouraging. I was worried, guys. I was I just kept seeing them trot Dakota Doge out there with the ones, giving him one last chance, keeping giving him chances, even though he's been dominated in this competition. Oli Udo has been so much better than Dakota Dozier to the point where I have difficulty evaluating what Oli Udo, like what our expectations for Oli Udo can be in the regular season because he just always looks so dominant compared to Dakota Dozier. Like it's, it's warping my senses. Um, and it's just so wild that they kept that competition going. Maybe they won't do it like past the first preseason game. Um, I would imagine Ole Udo starts with the ones in this preseason game. And then Dakota Dozier gets the reps with the twos. I don't think they're going to like rotate drive to drive to drive like they will. Like if, if they even do multiple drives with the ones, I don't really know how they're going to do that in the first preseason game. But uh, I, I think, I don't know. It just seems like Ole Udo has won the job. And this is all just like kind of in everything but like official word. It's, you know, everything but ink. Um, and it's nice to see kind of an acknowledgement from the team that like, yeah, Uli Udo has won the job, even in an unofficial word. Um, so of course, backups, Drew Samia is the primary backup left guard. Don't think he makes the team. Mason Cole, primary backup center. Dakota Dozier, primary backup right guard. Uh, again, not sure if he makes the team. Uh, and then you, you have Kyle Hinton left. Cole Cabral is the center. And then Wyatt Davis is the third team right guard. And a lot of people asking about Wyatt Davis. He doesn't look that good right now. Um, he just 
is, I, I don't know, maybe still coming off of injury, maybe still kind of getting his wits about him. I, I don't have high expectations for him quite yet. And honestly, like at this juncture, with how Oli Udo has been playing at the right guard position, Wyatt Davis, come along as you come along. The Oli Udo thing is fleeting. It doesn't, that's, you know, he's a guy playing out of position that's not going to be his whole career in the NFL. Oh, maybe it could be or something. Maybe it could have been for like Mike Harris who did the same thing, but then he had an injury that ended his whole career. Um, and so, you know, Wyatt Davis as a right guard, um, kind of incubating on the third team, it doesn't look very good, um, but I'm not like concerned yet because it just hasn't been enough time to really expect anything different. He's just now coming in, um, but I would like to see him get like beat less often by, you know, third team defensive tackles. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, I guess we'll start with defensive end. You get Daniel Hunter, of course, and then the starter named is Steven Weatherly, which I'm a little disappointed by, um, but I kind of expected it. You know, the guys behind him, um, you know, Jalen Holmes, backup left left end, DJ Wanham, backup right end. So those are your twos, right? And they're going left and right here, even though a lot of these guys are moving all over the formation. Um, you have Hercules Mata'afa is the third string left end, Kenny Willekes, third string right end, and then uh, Patrick Jones is on the fourth string, which I actually super disagree with putting him behind Kenny Willekes. I have not seen nearly as much from Kenny Willekes um, as I have uh, seen from from P- Patrick Jones. Uh, and then, of course, Janarius Robinson's the last guy left. And putting him at the bottom, I actually do agree with. I think he's the guy that singularly performed the worst. But again, we expected that out of Janarius Robinson, um, that he, he just doesn't have any skills yet, and he's got all this athleticism, and that's why they're going to probably stash him on the roster. It's too athletic to expose to waivers is the way that I've been putting that. I'm a little surprised to see Jalen Holmes as high as he is, um, but I guess if you think about the, if, if they're going to divide these guys into left and right end, and, you know, not like a, like, I think you're going to get a rotation here. You're going to get Wanham, uh, Weatherly, and Patrick Jones all are going to rotate a little bit. I don't know if Kenny Willekes ultimately makes the team. He's also played, like, a, a bunch of defensive tackle and he's gone up against Oli Udo a bunch of times in reps and stuff. Um, but I, I, if you just rotate those guys, but if you look at the left guys, you have, of course, Daniil Hunter, and then Jalen Holmes, Hercules Mata'afa, Jordan Brailford, Janarius Robinson. Throw Brailford and Robinson out. Those guys have not done very much so far. And you kind of have Jalen Holmes versus Hercules Mata'afa. I kind of think I've seen more things from Hercules Mata'afa than I have from Jalen Holmes, but I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes 90 looks like 50 with their jerseys are rolled up. So... I'm going to abstain there because I might have actually seen some plays wrong. But I don't know. I, I thought I had been seeing Hercules Mata'afa play some some pretty good reps. Uh, rounding out the defensive line, you have Michael Pearson, Dalvin Tomlinson named as the starters. And then as backups, you've got Armin Watts as the backup nose. Uh, Sheldon Richardson as the backup to Dalvin Tomlinson. And then you have Zeonda Johnson and Jordan Scott in there as well. Um, I, I think that all pretty much tracks me. Oh, and then James Lynch, of course, listed as a nose, which is kind of interesting. Um, maybe he's doing the like nickel nose thing that like Hercules Mata'afa did where you kind of get like a quicker guy in there because James Lynch has a lot, a lot of quickness. But um, of those bottom three guys, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know where you find like a roster space for them. I think it's Pierce, Tomlinson, Watts, Richardson, and the rest of the guys get cut. Um, oh, by the way, James Lynch is listed above Jordan Scott. Uh, as he should be. Jordan Scott's terrible. Uh, anyways, let's talk about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Built Bar is here to help you satisfy your late night cravings. Look, we've all been there. You're trying to be good. You're trying to lose or maintain weight. Maybe you're doing keto, but you want something you, you want for treats. And uh, Built Bar can be your solution. It's guilt-free, low-calorie, low-carb, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, 
and it tastes delicious to boot. Tastes like a candy bar. Satisfy those cravings. Convince yourself that it's a cheat day, but you don't have to cheat on it. That is what Built Bar is great for. Comes in nine delicious flavors, including cherry barcia, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, uh, mint chocolate chip, coconut almond, which is basically like an almond joy, uh, all covered in 100% chocolate, all delicious, and all won't knock you off that wagon. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. You can enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You can get 15% off of your next order. That is at BuiltBar.com. All right, we are almost done with the first unofficial depth chart the Vikings released here here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Let's move on to the linebackers, the starters. And by the way, the the uh, base defense is what they're calling starters here. Um, and on offense, they called starters from twenty one personnel. So they called two running backs. So uh, you know Dalvin Cook and C.J. Ham. They did the two wide receivers. That's why they didn't have. And they only had one tight end named as a quote unquote starter. You can probably consider you know. The wide receiver three, if that's KJ Osborne, uh, you can consider you know Tyler Conklin starters if you so please go for it. Um, in this case, there are three starting linebackers, but you're only going to get two starting cornerbacks. And those three starting linebackers are Anthony Barr, uh, Eric Kendricks, and Nick Vigil gets the start right now. That I think makes sense to me. I've been watching, trying my best to watch closely this battle that has kind of been going on between Nick Vigil and Cam Smith. But Cam Smith has sort of fallen off in the last few days, and I think Nick Vigil's got that job. Um, he's, he's kind of got it by the reins, and I think it's his to lose right now. We'll have to see how the preseason goes, of course. Um, the backups listed in order, you have Blake Lynch as the primary backup to Anthony Barr. I actually agree with that. Blake Lynch has had a, a nice camp. Um, he's been disruptive. He's been uh, defeating blocks really well. I, I really like the way that Blake Lynch has acquitted himself in camp, having kind of, you know, another year to learn the position. Remember, he only moved to linebacker his junior year of college, and last year was his rookie year. So he's been playing, this is the fourth year that he has played linebackers, which means, you know, 33% more linebacker experience. Uh, you've got Troy Dye as the primary backup to Eric Hendricks and Cam Smith as the primary backup to Nick Vigil. Uh, you have then Ryan Connolly is the third team Sam linebacker, Tough Borland third team Mike linebacker, Chaz Surratt third team Will linebacker, and then Christian Ellis at the bottom of the group. So uh, I think, yeah, Cam Smith over Chaz Surratt. I, I think that makes sense, but I think Chaz is coming for him. Um, I, I, I think like he hasn't quite overtaken uh, Cam Smith yet, but I think he will. Um, and he's, I, I don't know, kind of finding his momentum in camp. We'll see if he's kind of a gamer. I, I could see him, you know, having a really good preseason game and shooting up the depth chart the way that he's played in camp so far. Um, I think Tough Borland behind Troy Dye is really interesting. Um, I know that like in his in in the like updated 53 man prediction that Chad Graff and Arif Hassan did, Arif actually had Tough Borland making the team because of the way that he was playing. I kind of tend to agree with the Vikings here. Um, I, I think the, the that Troy Dye has outplayed Tough Borland so far. I've seen Tough Borland on the wrong end on just of, of just like one too many things. Um, and then, of course, I think the uh, Blake Lynch over Ryan Connolly thing makes sense to me. Let's go on a quarterback where you have Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breland named as the starters, and then um, Mackenzie Alexander named as a quote unquote backup. But he's the starting nickel corner, and I personally, he's a starter in my heart. Uh, and then you have Cameron Dantzler as the primary backup cornerback. Um, again, they're listed as a pair, Mackenzie Alexander and Cameron Dantzler, which kind of tells me that they're going to rotate in on the same tier. Um, and those are still, you know, those have always been your principal four. It is interesting that Cameron Dantzler is behind Peterson and Breland. I think I agree with that, as devastating as it is to my heart and my priors. Um, I think Breland has had the best camp of everyone. Um, and then Peterson has been 
okay, and Cameron Dantzler has been really hit or miss. Um, he's had a lot of really good plays. He's kind of been dusted a, a few too many times. He's been very, very, you know, hot and cold. Um, and Mackenzie Alexander has been solid. I, I kind of put him on the same level as like Patrick Peterson. They've been kind of fine. Um, next, you have Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd, again, named as a pair. Um, those are, you know, your guys probably most likely to make the roster as cornerbacks five and six. Um, I, I think there's an opening with Chris Boyd. He has not had the best camp, but I don't know. The rest of the guys are Dylan Maben, Ty Smith. Perry Nickerson and Amari Henderson, again named as a pair. Those four, I, I haven't seen anything from those guys. Ty Smith has been uh, just dusted all the time. Um, Perry Nickerson has been really up and down. Amari Henderson has been really up and down. And D- Dylan Maben has also had some embarrassing moments. Uh, again, Chris Boyd, uh, there is an opportunity. Um, it, it could even be one of those things where you know, you bring in a waiver pickup or you only keep five corners or something. But if you're keeping six and if Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd being named as a pair is any indication they are keeping six, um, then I think it would have to be those guys. Even though Harrison Hand has not had a great camp either, um, there's just nobody taking that roster spot for him, even though it's kind of open. Um, and then we round it out with the safeties. Of course, you have Harrison Smith and Xavier Woods at the top. Backups, Miles Dorn and Cameron Bynum, um, named as a pair. Um, so I think those are probably sounds like those are your favorites to make the team. And I'm surprised by that because next it's Josh Metellus and Luther Kirk. Luther Kirk's been awful, um, but I have kind of thought I saw better out of Josh Metellus than Miles Dorn. Miles Dorn has been fairly disruptive, but I thought Josh Metellus has been a lot more consistent, I guess. And from a backup safety, I guess I want more consistency. Um, but there's a number of premises in what I just said that the Vikings could totally reasonably disagree with, and it seems like they do because they have Miles Dorn over Josh Metellus. As for the special teams, we'll run through those quick. They have Greg Joseph over Riley Patterson right now. That makes sense, even though Greg Joseph has had a pretty poor camp. Uh, I think somebody's tallied him at 24 for 30. That's really bad for a training camp. Like, there's not even pressure on these kicks. You should be able to nail them. Um, However, I mean, they do tend to make things difficult for kickers in training camp. They'll do a lot of hurry-up situations and a lot of... um, you know, longer kicks, depends on the wind, it's outdoor when a lot of the Vikings kicks will be indoor um, because they play it in a, in a stadium, you know, in a, in a closed-off stadium. Um, so I guess I get it because Riley Patterson, like, hasn't kicked. Apparently, to, uh, in the walkthrough on Tuesday, he went, like, 5 for 5. That's, like, the first extended kicking that I've uh, even seen from him. Um, so I guess maybe he's on the way, but I think he's got to kick a little more to, to take it from Greg Joseph. Uh, of course, punter and holder, Britton Colquitt, we know that. Uh, and then the long snapper right now, Andrew DePaola, listed over Turner Bernard. I picked Turner Bernard to win that uh, battle because I've, I've just, like, pedigree. Turner Bernard just grew up a long snapper, dedicated long snapper. Andrew DePaola kind of stumbled into it, but he, he stumbled into it, you know, seven years ago. It's not like he's green. Um, so right now, DePaola winning that battle. At kick returner, the starter is Abdullah. The backup is Wangwu. Um, I, that's a really interesting way to put it. So right now, Abdullah listed ahead of Wangwu at both running back and kick returner, which make, makes me think that Abdullah is currently sitting in position to make the roster, um, which, again, I, I probably would not predict if I did another 53-man right now. Um, but I guess that's just, like, I guess, I mean, he's been fine, right? He's done well enough. He catches the ball smooth, and um, he's, he's this very safe guy to put on the roster. And then at punt returner, again, the starter, Abdullah, backups, Osborne, Beebe, and Smith-Marset. So, again, Abdullah getting these jobs, and apparently the Vikings have not seen satisfactory evidence that any of these guys are taking it. I don't think you necessarily can without a preseason. Um, 
that's just kind of where a lot of these special teams jobs get won. And I think that had a lot to do with some really bad special teams decisions that they made in terms of roster cuts last year. No preseason. You know, they didn't get to see that Dan Chisena couldn't tackle. And then they rostered Dan Chisena. And what, by the time they found out he couldn't tackle, it was Monday Night Football and Cordero Patterson was scoring touchdowns against you, you know. And the kick, kick coverage game was like really, really, really tough. So I think the preseason will be really, really, will have a much greater impact on these jobs than what we've seen so far. So if you don't like the results you heard, don't worry about it. There's a lot of time for all of this to change. And and on, on a grander level, there's a lot of time for all of this stuff to change. Like throughout the whole preseason from scrimmage and stuff too. If you don't like what you heard on you know the wide receivers, if you don't like how high Chad Beebe was, if you don't like how you know Nick Vigil was ahead of Chad Surratt or whatever... There's a lot of time for that kind of stuff to change, and the preseason will... Like, once we've gone through a preseason game, basically everything we heard about in camp uh, is going to feel like it makes up about 25% of the picture, and the other 75% will be the game we saw. Um, and, and that's kind of the way it always goes. Now, I think camp tells you who gets the opportunities to do that in the preseason game, and I love covering all that stuff in the detail that I get to cover it in. Um, but, you know, once the preseason game's come in they kind of become the the major driving force to how the depth chart starts to organize itself um, and I think joint practices will also be a really really great preview so I'm really excited to bring all that stuff to you uh, and that is what we will talk about tomorrow in the meantime why don't you check out the, the locked on bets podcast get your grambles straight your boy Q and Lee Sterling he's a handicap expert uh, he'll he'll get you squared away there you can find that wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL live covering camp. You can find camp recaps in video form on Locked On at Locked On Vikings on Twitter. That's the show's Twitter page. And I will see you all tomorrow. To talk about Broncos joint practices. I'm super excited about it. And as always, skull.